welcome to Navigating Betrayal Live webinar podcast and YouTube channel. I'm your host, Kaylee Dunn, betrayal navigation coach, betrayal trauma therapist for over a decade, and admin of this free group, Humans Navigating Betrayal. Stick around to the end for a short Q&A. Today's discussion is called what to do with my dysregulated betrayer, betraying partner. And this comes from a question from someone here in the group this week was talking about their partner uh, becoming extremely emotional, crying, being heartbroken when confronted with the consequences of their action. And the person in the group was wondering, what am I supposed to do? Because most of all, I feel a ton of resentment and um, I'm unsure of what to do next. So I want to discuss the possibilities here in this particular situation and then give you some next steps to follow up on. Uh, if you, uh, again, if you're interested in sticking around to the end, you can ask your questions throughout and I will answer those at the end or you can hold your questions to the end. Okay, so here's the situation. Um, you've been betrayed, whether that's hidden pornography, an emotional affair, physical affair, um, some form of sexual infidelity, right? And due to this, you're experiencing betrayal trauma. You're experiencing um, distress in your day-to-day -day life because of this betrayal. In this case, you're still with your partner. And whenever you bring it up, they become very emotional. Um, this can look like in the case of the person asking this question, like crying and distress and, um, feeling really, really, really bad, really shameful. It can look like defensiveness. It can look like numbness or frozen or paralysis on the outside, but either way, the person that you're with becomes extremely dysregulated and you feel like you hit a wall. There's no moving forward because anytime this topic gets brought up. They're so emotional um, that there, there's no conversation. There's no ability to move forward. So I want to talk about three things that might be going on. One is that there are genuine people who genuinely use emotion to manipulate. They learned very young or they do it habitually or it's a trauma response, but they do it with the knowledge and the intent to manipulate and shut down conversation. And when you talk to these people later, they'll say, oh yeah, I knew that if I started crying or if I started you know, picking a fight or if I got frozen and quiet and, and numbed out and shut down, that the conversation would be over and I would not have to deal with this conversation that I didn't want to have. These people exist. That absolutely is something that could be happening. You might hear that specifically talked about in relation to narcissism, um, narcissistic personality disorder, or narcissistic traits. Um, but there are a lot of other uh, comorbidities that go along with that kind of attitude and behavior. And sometimes it's just the way they were raised and they intentionally use emotion to manipulate. There's a second group that you might be dealing with who are kind of middle ground people who at the beginning of the relationship felt um, reactively emotional, but over time learned that these emotion, 
emotional outbursts protected them in a way from having hard discussions and they almost on accident learned how to manipulate and then they're still in the habit it's kind of like a habit that they may or may not be particularly aware of um i i find that many people fall into this camp where it wasn't intentional at the beginning it's become a, a habit in the relationship and they have stuck to that cyclical behavior sometimes they're actually that emotional or defensive or whatever or frozen and sometimes it's just the next the next part of the dance of the relational dance so she brings it up this is what i do and then i do this and then she does that and then they do this and they get into this cyclical habit um the third are people who are completely dysregulated um, the intent has no maliciousness at all. And usually the second group that I talked about, there's not a lot of maliciousness. Like if you really slow everything down, they're like, no, I do want the relationship to work. And they just don't have tools. And this third group also, they're completely dysregulated. Their intent is not malicious, but the impact is extremely damaging. And a lot of times they don't have the tools um, or skills to, to navigate their own emotions in a healthy way. Um, you may find yourself in this group, in this third group too, at times, right? Where something triggering happens and you find yourself completely dysregulated. Your intention isn't malicious to hurt other people in your world, but you might unintentionally do that. So this can be the case for this third group of betraying partners. Um, the only person who's going to be able to tell where your partner is coming from is you. And you might say to yourself, that's impossible. How could I possibly tell their intention? Um, you may not be perfect, but um, your intuition is going to be your best guide. And learning how to um, tune and reclaim that intuition is really essential in this process. We're not actually going to spend a lot of time on tuning and being able to tell intention, but we are going to spend time today, but we can another day. But what we are going to spend time talking about today is what to do with the impact. Because whether your partner is malicious and intentionally manipulative, they've got into a relational habit or they're completely dysregulated and um, just completely unable to navigate their own emotions or all of the above, right? The impact is what we're concerned about, right? Because that impact is doing damage, not just to you, which is number one priority, but also to your relationship. Yeah. And you could also say to them as well, if you're someone who's wanting to um, potentially heal this relationship at some point, this is important to you that, that their dysregulation is doing damage to themselves and the relationship. So what can you do? If you notice that this pattern is happening where you're unable to have a conversation that is impactful, that is meaningful with your partner because of their dysregulated emotion. And hopefully you know what I mean by dysregulated. Let me be clear. Dysregulated emotion. I've, I've talked about it a lot so far and didn't give you a great definition. It's really when I feel out of control of my emotions. Maybe that's a better way to say it. 
um, when my nervous system is triggered so much so that I'm no longer in a ventral vagal state or in a calm, flowing, flexible, able to connect state, and I'm in a fight or flight or I'm in a freeze state. And there's other dysregulated states, but I'm just going to talk about those three right now. So ultimately, if you're dealing with a betrayer who is dysregulated much of the time, this is really important for you. So what can you do? So the first thing you need to know is that you cannot make them get regulated, right? And and so your first step is to actually do what feels opposite, which is return to self. So the reason we want to do this is because although your body might be responding to their dysregulation as though it's a lion and your nervous system is like, I got to fight the lion. I got to run away from the lion. I got to freeze. What we do when we try to engage, engage, engage is we get ourselves more and more outside of our window of tolerance, feeling more and more distress. That said, it's really a really common natural response to join them in the dysregulation. It's really common and it makes sense. It's a survival response. So you're not doing anything wrong. You're not broken. You're not messed up when you find yourself either trying to pull them out or, you know, or trying to avoid or trying to uh, finding yourself really reactive. There's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing codependent or trauma bonded or whatever. It's just that you're having a natural response to another dysregulated human being. But if you want to make really wise regulated choices for your own health, you do have to return to self. So zero shame if and when you get sucked in, you're a human being, you're gonna do that. But you've got to be able to regulate yourself. That means coming inside and finding a safe place. If you don't know how to do that, that's okay. There's lots of places to learn how to do that. But that's one thing you need to do first is come to self and regulate self. So what does this look like? This looks like you, um, your partner comes out of the bathroom with his phone and that was a boundary. And now you're hurt. You feel hurt. You feel upset and you want to talk to them. And you say to your partner, Hey, you, um, I noticed that you were using your phone in the bathroom again and, and you had agreed not to do that. What's the deal? And their response is they just start crying and they're like, oh, I know I'm a horrible person. I should never have done that. And it's just a complete meltdown. Whether that's a, you know, you see a physical meltdown or you might see, oh my gosh, this again, this again, big emotional response. They're dysregulated. Okay. Rather than see, I told, you know, you're, you might want to go into fight or you might want to go into flight. You're going to return to self. And again, there's more skills and tools that can be taught on this issue, but for now, I'll just give you the bare minimum. Then you got to tune into your intuition. What is going on here? Um, you may never know perfectly if there's an in- a malicious intent, but if you know, if you know that from your intuition, is there an, a malicious intent? That's good information because it's going to dictate where your boundaries land. If this is a person with no skills or tools, that's very different from a person with all the skills and tools. 
Or this is very different from a person who absolutely refuses to gain skills or tools, right? But you're going to tune into your intuition. That's number two. And the third piece is you're going to set boundaries. Yes. Even if you see them crying in a puddle on the floor, hurting, you can set boundaries. And if you haven't watched the last um, podcast, listen to the last podcast or YouTube tube or webinar, you'll know we said that we can be empathetic and boundaried. And so your next phase is to be setting boundaries. I'm going to give you a couple of examples of what that looks like. 